0: God bless you. This is Pastor R.R. R. Jordan. Thank you for tuning into the Advancing Church Podcast. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10 and 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I pray that today's message will ignite your faith to propel you forward to the next level in your walk with Christ. Now, let's get into today's message. Uh, I'm entering into a new series. i to be preaching it for about three weeks Um, The title of this series is Refreshed, 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 Refreshed. Because, again, there are some struggles, some fights uh, that we had to have. And I want to make that clear because every fight is not a bad fight. Sometimes a fight is necessary to get you where God wants you to be. And so we live in a time where um, people are really passive. You know, God called us uh, to be as bold as lions, but we're often very passive. And God wants us to move in boldness. He wants us to move forward in faith. Somebody shout faith. So I'm going to be preaching uh, this series again for the next three weeks Uh, It's entitled Refreshed. The topic today is favor for the fight. Favor for the fight. Let's go to uh, Genesis 14 and 14. When Abram heard that his kinmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men born in his house, 318 of them. And went in pursuit as far as Dan. And he divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and defeated them and pursued them to Hobah, north of Damascus. Somebody shout pursue. Then he brought back all the possessions and also brought back his kinsmen, Lot, with his possessions and the women and the people. After his return from the defeat of Kedorlaomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shevet. That is the king's valley. Wow. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Somebody shout, refresh me, Lord. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God most high, predecessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Glory be to God. Let us pray. Most gracious and merciful Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We honor you on this morning. You are just amazing to us, God. I pray that we would learn how to operate in victory, how to walk in victory, dear God. I thank you right now that each and every believer that's in this place will hear your word and apply it to their lives. I honor you, and I give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Before you take your seat, just hug a couple people and tell them be refreshed. Be refreshed. Come on, tell them be refreshed. Glory be to God. Be refreshed. Hallelujah. Can somebody just send up a praise? Come on, a praise. A praise will set the atmosphere for what God is about to do in your life. I'm pumped up this morning. I am. I'm, 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 I think they used to say, I'm on one. I'm on one. And so God is positioning us right now to really walk in a level of a victory that uh, uh, many Are unfamiliar with. They they have lived, uh, many have lived defeated lives. Um, Whether it's in uh, family, whether it's in marriage, um, whether it's in community, we have often succumbed to the forces that seek to oppress us. Uh, The story that's before us right now is is a story about um, two characters in particular. Um, Another character uh, comes later on in the narrative, but let's look at um, Abram and Lot. Uh, This is the second of three stories that involve uh, them both. In Genesis 13, we read of a conflict that arose between Abram and Lot's herdsmen that precipitated them going in separate directions. The land could not support the size of their herds, and it was causing their herdmen to have disputes. Rather than allow the tensions to increase, Abram had a conversation with Lot, essentially telling him that they were too close uh, to allow such a trivial matter to cause them to be in conflict. They both concluded that the land before them was expansive and they should put some distance between each other. Note, I want you to make note of this. Just because there's distance between Abram and Lot doesn't mean Abram has lost love for him. And so it is possible and often sometimes necessary to have distance. Sometimes things have gotten difficult. They have gotten challenging. And and the only option that you really have is to create some distance. Distance is not always bad. Sometimes distance is good. It gives us a moment to reflect, gives us a moment to think about uh, things that have occurred in our lives. So the fact that there is distance doesn't mean that there is love loss. In fact, the narrative before us reveals quite the contrary. Before we unpack the text, let's uh, look at Abram and Lot uh, a little more deeply. Let's start with Abram. There are some clear uh, distinctions that we should note uh, when it comes to Lot versus Abram. Abram is called of the Lord, and he's a man of great faith. Somebody shout great faith. He left his father's house because the Lord told him to go to a land that he would show him. Go to a land that I will show you. Abram walks in expectation with no picture of where he's going see often we need a picture of where we're going for us to move Abram is the kind of man that hears from God and moves with no picture he says God all you got to do is say it to me and I will follow what you spoke See, God is looking for people who are willing to follow the word of the Lord. He's looking for people that that don't need someone to draw them a picture of what it looks like on the other side. He needs some people that will hear him and then respond to his voice. Somebody shout, God, I want to respond. Say it one more time. God, I want to respond. Listen, every person that will accomplish something great will have to confess that they really don't know where they're going. That's the truth. I mean, we can act like we know where we're going. We can draw out plans that seem to indicate that we know where we're going. But when God has something um, great for you to do, you you don't really know where you're going. You're, You're depending on God for every turn. You're, you're dependent on God for every move. You're, you're depending on God for the pace. You're depending on God for when to stop, when to take a breather. You're depending on God for everything. You don't get to greatness because you just had a great plan. You, you get to where God has ordained for you to be because you had feet that kept moving yeah you didn't stop when there were other people around you that stopped that gave up that quit that threw in the towel you kept moving forward so it's not just based on your your acumen or your capacity or who you know sometimes it's just based on the fact that you just refuse to give up you just refuse to quit you keep pressing forward towards the mark of the prize of the higher calling of God in Christ Jesus where are the people at that are willing to press even in hard times I'm willing to to get to where God is calling me to. Somebody shout hallelujah. Abram is a man of faith. Lot is essentially following faith as he follows Abram. I, I want you to understand something that Abram is a man of faith, and because Lot has joined himself to Abram, he's following faith as he follows Abram. It's important that we understand that when God places favor on a man, that there are other people that can live under the canopy of it. Oh, yes, it is. When, when God gives a man favor, there are people that will move from one city to another just to be in a place of favor. Yeah, there are people that will pack up their families today to move to a job because a job gives them all kinds of benefits. So there, there is something about favor that allows other people to enjoy it, even if it's not directed towards them. And this is what we're realizing in the scripture, that Lot is living under the canopy of Abram's favor. He's enjoying the favor of Abram. As a matter of fact, Lot wasn't even supposed to be there. Lot Lot seen the favor and said, I'm leaving too. And followed Abram. And then the conflict arises. The conflict arises and a decision must be made. And Abram tells Lot, listen, this land is too expensive. Listen, you can go in one direction. I'll go in another. Lot agrees and makes a transition. He transitions from under favor. He leaves favor because of conflict. And when he gets out, he finds out that there is something different that is happening in his life. Oh, my God. That there is something different that is happening in his life outside of the covering of Abram. See, things can look real good for a season when you're outside of favor. This is what we see and this is what we notice about this particular passage that Lot chose his direction based on how the plane looked. Yeah, he chose where he was going to go based on how things appeared. So, So Abram is someone who is walking by faith and not by sight and Lot is someone that's walking by sight and not by faith. See, I want you to understand what's happening here because God is trying to help us to see something. He's trying to help us to see that there is a blessing in submission. There is a blessing in humility. The the lower we go, the more protected we are. So Lot, Lot finds himself outside of Abram's covering. And while he is outside of Abram's covering, a conflict between kings arises, And Lot gets caught up in the conflict. Ketalamer, in the text, captures Lot and his family. He captures actually all of the people of Sodom. He takes them captive, and Lot is in the number. What started out looking like something that was really amazing, what what started out looking really, really good, has now flipped on Lot. He he saw the plain as a place to dwell, to set up his camp. And now, a, a short time after setting up his camp, He went from camping camping, to captive. Got his tent set up. Family doing well. He went from relaxing to being a captor. And God is revealing to us through this narrative that things turn quickly outside of favor. You can go from one moment of celebration to the next moment of mourning because you're outside of the place that God has ordained for you to be. Somebody shout, God, refresh me. So so he's outside of favor. He's outside of favor. He's, He's not walking by faith. He ends up in bondage. Lot's covering was in the house of Abram. That's where his covering was, was in the house of Abram. And anytime time God blesses you in the house, the enemy will try to create conflict. Anytime, any, any blessed place that you go to, there are going to be moments of conflict. And it's going to be very important that you learn how to handle conflict. You got to learn how to handle conflict the right way. Meaning you should have a conversation about the conflict. Why is it that we don't like to talk about conflict? We, we kind of want conflict just to, to just go away. And conflict doesn't go away. You have to address the conflict. In our narrative, they do address it. And and I thank God that they address it because it shows us that we can address conflict and then create distance when necessary, but still be willing to fight for each other. So, So what do we have? We have here in this text. A man who was under favor who left it, and a man who has favor who is willing to fight for the one who left. Oh my God, I want you to hear this. It's important that you know that when you are a a person who walks in faith, that you got to be prepared to fight for people who have left their safe place. Yeah, you got to be willing to go to war for some people because they don't understand that it's important that they learn how to be planted and not shift because of conflict. Hallelujah. So Abram, the man of faith, goes to get Lot. He says, I'm going to get him because uh, somebody got loose from Lot's house somebody that was connected to him got loose and came and found Abram and said listen I know where Lot is Lot was taken captive and I want you to understand that every once in a while God will allow somebody to get loose just to save somebody else I want you to hear this this man is not loose just because of him he is loose because he knows where the captives are he's loose because he has to go to Abram and say Abram this is where Lot is this is where they took him so God allowed him to get loose God is looking for some people who got loose just to witness Oh my God. Just to say I I was there. I saw what what happened. I was in the number, but somehow I shook free. Somehow I got away and because I got away, I can now take you to where they are. Oh my Lord. This is where We see God moving in the narrative because God allows a man to get loose. He he allows him to get free for one purpose and for one purpose only, just so he can talk about where the captives are. Because there is a man, and we don't often see this, but there is a man. His name is Abram, and he is not just a herdsman. He is more than a herdsman. It's, it's amazing to me because uh, when we look at the narrative we don't we don't really see Abram as a fighting man but in the text it tells us that he gathers 318 trained men he gathers what 318 trained men see see this is where we we, we, where we find our problem for the most part. We go get people who are not trained. There were more people in his house than the 318. But he said, everybody's not going on this journey. I only want those that have been trained. Because in a fight, you can't train people. See, you got to train them before the fight. So when the fight occurs, all you got to do is launch out and begin to wage war against those who have taken your family captive. See, too many of us are trying to train in the fight. And God is saying to you right now, you need to train before the fight. Get your people ready right now for what's coming your way so that when it happens, uh, you'll be prepared uh, to engage the enemy. So he gathers the 318 trained men and he goes to war. And what he does is strategic because he doesn't just have them just go out and fight. He says, I need to divide you guys up and we're not going during daylight. We're going at night because we are strategic about how we move, how we operate. And we're not going to be seen because we're going in a low number and we're going in the dark. See, this is important because so many of us, we want to be seen that we can't fight. We're too, we're too much in the public. We're, we're too much trying to cause people to see us. We we want to be seen. we waving at people. We're, we're posting stuff. In a fight, you need to shut down and start operating in the dark uh, and you need to have your trained warriors on alert uh, and say we're getting ready to go into a battle uh, and we don't have time to train people so some of y'all who are not trained uh, just stay right at home uh, because what we're getting ready to do Uh, we're getting ready to get victory uh, over the king that took your that took your relative Uh, you about to see victory uh, and all we need is 318 of us 318 of us walking in faith is more than 3000 of us walking in our flesh If we can just get 318 people together, we get ready to win battles uh, over kings uh, because we're walking in the favor of the Lord. Hallelujah. See, we're not just out here. Abram is not just out here. Abram understands that God favors him. He favors him not just because he's Abram. He favors Abram because Abram is someone who sacrifices. He has the heart to sacrifice. When we look at Genesis chapter 13, what we understand is that when they separated, that Abram built an altar. See, see, he built an altar. When Lot, when Lot shifted, we read nothing about Lot building an altar. He builds no altar because he doesn't have a sacrificial lifestyle. Abram has a sacrificial lifestyle. So when he shifts, the first thing he does is he builds an altar because sacrifice is getting ready to happen. See, listen to this. You cannot worship God without an altar. Every worshiper must have an altar because every worshiper must sacrifice. You cannot be a worshiper of God and you keep holding on to stuff. True worshippers sacrifice. Uh, True worshippers are willing to give some stuff up so that they can go to another level. And so here is Abram. He is a worshiper. a worshiper he's a worshiper with no no drums with no keyboard with no praise team he is a worshiper and how do we know that because he builds altars he builds altars to sacrifice unto the Lord where are the altar builders in the house right now people that understand sacrifice see I don't want to be connected to nobody that do not understand sacrifice I need some people Around me, that understand that if we're gonna operate in the favor of the Lord, uh, we cannot hold on to stuff that God wants us to let go of. I uh, dare to touch your neighbor and tell them sometimes you got to be willing to let go uh, so that God can lift you up to another level. Hallelujah! 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 Abram is not rich by accident. He's rich on purpose. He's rich intentionally. He's rich because he understands that God is the God of abundance. Abram is full. They got so much they had to break up. Now, that's not usually why people break up. People usually break up because they don't have enough. (laughs) They go their separate ways because they are greedy. They like, we don't got enough in this refrigerator, this cupboard is bare. I'm getting ready to make a shift on you. They broke up because they had so much cattle that the land could not support it. Listen, I, I want some breakups to happen because we just got too big. We, we we just it was just too much. We just we had to put some space in between us because we just had so much land that you had to you had to take a jog to get to my house. Yeah, that, that's how I want you to get to my house. I want you to get to my house because you you can't just walk, you gotta run, so you're gonna lose weight trying to get to my door. See, this is what God is saying. He's saying that I want to bless you to the degree that the favor that is upon your life creates distance. Hallelujah. Creates distance. Glory be to God. Again, Abram is a man of faith and he demonstrates it by building an altar to sacrifice to the Lord. And all of this prepares him. Prepares him. He's going into battle in chapter 14. He builds an altar at the end of chapter 13. The next time we see him, he's fighting. He's fighting for someone that operates in their flesh. This is what Abram is doing he goes to war. And he wins a battle over a king, Cato Leomar. He wins a battle over him, and he takes all the people back. He takes the people back. He takes the goods back. They're all now under the canopy of Abram's favor. The reason why they got rescued was because Lot was in the number. They didn't get rescued because Abram was trying to set them free, he was trying to get his nephew. Some of us is getting ready to be the beneficiary of somebody else's deliverance. God said, I'm about to deliver some people that's just in your group. I'm about to do group deliverance in the house there's some people that's getting ready to get free because you just happen to be a part of the right group hallelujah hallelujah this narrative is so powerful because uh, Abram comes back and he has victory and there are two kings that meet him the king of Sodom And the king of Salem, two kings that meet him, one king is an evil king, the other king is a righteous king, and and this is what we find that's so powerful, that he doesn't want to gain anything as a result of his victory, because the king of Sodom told him, you can have all of the goods, he said, no, you keep your goods. I don't want your goods. Keep them because I don't want you telling nobody that you made me rich. So you just keep all your stuff because I'm already blessed. And even though you have goods, you're not as blessed as I am. I want you to hear that. See, sometimes you're jealous because people got more stuff than you. But you don't understand. They don't have the favor that you have on your life. And if you just continue to walk in faith, you're going to watch God cause you to prosper in ways that you never even imagined. So he tells one king, I don't want your stuff. The other king, the king of Salem, Melchizedek, who is also the king of righteousness, and he reigns in Salem, which is peace. He tells him, I got something for you. And he gives him what? A tenth of everything. He said, I'm about to bless you, Melchizedek. Now, can we just examine this a little bit more? Because he's not just blessing him for any reason. He blesses him because Melchizedek meets him with bread and wine. So he shows up with the bread after a fight. He shows up and he says, Abram, I got something for you. Here's some bread and here's some wine. This is a prophetic picture because Jesus also broke bread and gave wine so here's Melchizedek telling Abram something he's telling Abram that you need a divine meal after a fight like the fight you just had I'm about to bless you uh, with some bread uh, and I'm about to bless you uh, with some wine. Here is Melchizedek serving uh, Abram. He shows up just to bless him. He comes on the scene and says, let me refresh you uh, because I know what you just went through uh, and you're about to get restored uh, right here, right now. Uh, Somebody shout, God, refresh me, uh, refresh me, refresh me, uh, refresh me. Me. refresh me Hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, Hallelujah. So here it is. Here it is. The tent that he gave was in response to Melchizedek serving him. He said, essentially he's saying this, I'm not going to let you serve me and you walk away with nothing. Because Abram is a man of faith and he understands reciprocation. He says, you can't serve me and I leave your restaurant without paying. You cannot serve me and I not turn around and bless you. If I eat this, I got to bless you. If I drink this wine, I got to bless you. I gotta do something for you to help you understand how much I appreciate you serving me after my fight because I showed up worn out I showed up beat up I showed up needing some sustenance uh, and you met me uh, right after my battle where the people at that are grateful uh, that God sent somebody to meet you right after your battle right after your fight Uh, there was a word to refresh you Uh, there was a word to restore you Uh, there was a word to revive you Uh, this is Melchizedek Uh, he shows up in the nick of time Uh, he shows up in the of God in the pace of God, uh, right after a fight uh, when Abram could have failed uh, due to exhaustion. Uh, Melchizedek shows up and says, Here's bread, here's wine. Uh, I know what you need uh, so that you can keep going. Uh, There's some people in this place. Uh, you get ready to learn the law uh, of reciprocity. Uh, you get ready to see God move into your life. Melchizedek is not just the king of righteousness again remember he's the king of peace this is a type of Jesus showing up on the scene say I am ready to feed you Abram here is the bread of life this will be the bread that his his lineage will eat it is the same bread that will come down from heaven Abram is first partaker In the bread that will be released from heaven Not only is he first partaker Of the bread that will be released from heaven He's also first partaker of the blood Because the wine is also symbolic of the blood And many times after a fight You need a blood transfusion Because you the lost life you done lost life fighting uh, and you need God to refresh you, uh, give you a blood transfusion. Uh, you've been scarred. You've been beat up. Uh, you've been exhausted as a result uh, of all of the open wounds that you got. Uh, it said he got victory. Uh, it doesn't say he didn't get scarred. Uh, he didn't get wounded. Uh, he didn't get touched. Uh, There's some people in this place, uh, you are about to get victory uh, even though you got some wounds. I dare you to praise him right now because God is saying I'm about to refresh you like I've never refreshed you before you're going into 2020 with a refreshed spirit he said I'm about to renew you I'm about to revive you I'm about to restore you so that you can live to fight again come on I dare you to bless him in his place I dare you to bless him in this place. I dare you to bless him in this place. Oh! Hallelujah! Come on, stand to your feet. I can sense victory in this room. I can sense victory in this room. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. 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 Some of you have lost blood. The wine is coming. Some of you need the bread life. The bread is coming. 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 Hallelujah. The Lord said, he said, the reason, he said, some are not experiencing victory is because when they get refreshed, they don't know how to reciprocate. They don't know how to reciprocate. Not only that, he said, where are their altars at? I'm talking about supernatural favor now. I'm talking about supernatural favor. God said, this is how my house works. He said, you're going to have some fights. Even if you're obedient, you're going to have some fights because somebody connected to you is going to operate in their flesh. And you're going to have to go to war for them. But I want you to know there are three important things that you got to be able to grab hold to. You need to build an altar because of sacrifice. And you need to train those that run with you. Thirdly, you have to be willing to reciprocate. So, you gotta be willing to give. Abram gets something amazing in the next chapter, chapter 15. Is when Abram starts talking about the fact that he has no child to take on his wealth. And he said, There's gonna be a slave that's gonna take or inherit what I have because I don't have a child from my own my own loins and what he didn't understand was when he blessed Melchizedek Melchizedek also blessed him here it is most people don't get the fact that favor on someone else Gives them authority to bless you. So Melchizedek blessed Abram. He was hearing from God already. Abram was. But he needed Melchizedek to come and pronounce a blessing. When we look at the order of this, soon as Melchizedek pronounces the blessing... Then in chapter 15, God tells him, no, you're not going to have to give over your possessions to a slave. You're going to have a child that's going to come from you. And he reassures him in chapter 15 that his own child, his own seed will be the heir in his house. I pray that today's message bless your life. If you're in the St. Louis, Missouri area, you are invited to join us on Sunday for our worship service at The Advancing Church located at 4152 Washington Boulevard. Our service promptly starts at 11 a.m. We also have a Bible study every Thursday at 7.20 p.m. Visit our church website at theadvancingchurch.org to get more information about what our church is doing for our community, our co red initiative, Entrepreneurial Playbook for and much more. This is Pastor Jordan. Have a blessed week.